You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to episode 139 of Unchained. I am your host, Matt McChesney, coming to you from dnvr.com. Go to the dnvr.com to check out all the things that are happening down at DNVR. And uh, we're going to be talking about the fires and everything up in Boulder today. And remember, you can go to dnvrwalker.com and all the proceeds go to the uh, Boulder County Wildlife or Wildfire Fund. Um, and they've raised about 50 grand down at DNVR already for everybody up in Boulder, Louisville, and Superior area. So, Tip of the cap to everybody down there busting their ass. Uh, we're going to be having a clothing drive and a canned food drive donations down at six zero all week. We're going to be driving that up uh, at the end of the week, so that's pretty cool. Excited about that. Um, <clears throat> on episode one thirty nine of McChesney Unchained here today, we've got Bobby Pesavino. Uh, My man Bobby is going to join us here on the show to talk about everything from the transfer portal in college football to the fires up in Boulder and how people can help Buffs helping Buffs. Uh, to the college football playoff, to the National Football League, so on and so forth. But before we even get started with that, remember that DraftKings supports the show here and, and sponsors McChesney Unchained on DNVR. So we've hit the final weeks of the pro football regular season, and college football is heading into the national championship. Gra- DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to get the fans into the action for an exciting time on the football calendar. New customers can bet just $5 on any football team to win their game and if so, you will win $200 in free bets. So let's wind down the season with a big win on DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet uh, on the same game parlays on football, which is something I hit routinely. Com- you can combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR to bet just $5 on any football team, college or pro, to win and $250 or $200 in free bets if you are victorious. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings.com. Colorado only, new customers only, DraftKings.com uh, slash DF. Do you have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. That cut off. That, that's awesome. All right, let's get into this. Bobby, what's happening, brother? Welcome to the show. Good to see you, bro. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. Uh, all right, so first and foremost, you know, obviously the fire's up in Boulder in the middle of December. Um, I, I'm, I'm like, kind of taken back and a little shocked about all this. I can't believe the amount of de- dev- devastation. I mean, I... I I sent you a message that looked like we got carpet bombed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
look, if you're listening to today's show, either go to DNVR and, and donate, come down to six zero and drop off some stuff to donate or go to bus helping bus and then and, and donate because the people up in Boulder need it bad. Just give, give your thoughts on this BP. Just, you know, that's our home up there, man. We're there all the time. And it's, really took a slacking to say the least. Yeah, man. I mean, it's heartbreaking. It's devastating to see the photos and to just, you know, think about people who, you know, lost everything. And Coach Smith. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I mean, so many people that lost not just their homes, but all their belongings, you know, and, and, and you know, got everybody, you know, most people are safe and, you know, there weren't like a bunch of lives lost or anything like that, but, you know, I mean, they lost everything they've worked for in their lives. And now they got to sit down and, you know, think about just the, the pain in the ass this becomes to, you know, you got to think about what, what did I lose? And now I got to write all this down and figure what it out. What did I have? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's terrible to see, man. It is, it's awful, especially, you know, you, there's problems everywhere. And, you know, I think like most people, it probably goes over our head when it's not, down the street or when it's not our people or our neighborhood. So this being close to home, it's just, uh, like I said, it's sad. It's devastating. I, mean, I couldn't imagine. I mean, you, you're hanging out one day after Christmas and then the next thing you know, you're, you know, everything you have is gone because of a fire that, that came through. And, and the thing is like, people are, you know, comparing it to a hurricane or I compare it to like a tornado that just comes out of nowhere. Because yeah. this the, the hurricane, you get sometimes like three, four days notice. You can like, you know, right. lock stuff down and hopefully everything survives. This, I was sitting in the gym and 10 minutes later, somebody was like, hey, you need to call your mother because if the wind shifts, you have to drive to Boulder to go help remove a hundred horses. Like if the wind, if the wind shifts the wrong way, my, my entire inheritance, the entire property of Triple Creek's gone. I can't even fathom that. Like I can't process it in my head. So I can only imagine how all these pe poor people in, in Boulder and Superior and Louisville are feeling. Coach Smith lost his house. The linebacker coach for, for the University of Colorado lost everything. I just – I'm heartbroken for our community, bro. And there's really nothing that we can say or do that's going to repair this. All you can do is give when you can and try – I implore everybody, and this is coming from literally the angriest person I know, me, to be a little bit fucking nicer – and to try and understand where people, everybody's going through some shit and nobody out there on Instagram is living a perfect life. And this is just another circumstance where they can literally, and when I say they, I mean, mother nature doesn't really care what your problems are. She can just swoop in and take your shit. And that's that. Cause th this could have happened in my community. It could have happened in your community. It could have happened in Adam's community. I mean, this is the kind of thing where like, this could have burned down half of Boulder. Yeah. Because it, this is not a, this is not a grass fire. This was a suburban like right. cat, catastrophe, to say the least. Yeah, it was, man. And you know, you hit the nail on the head, man. There's no words for it. It's just help when you can, if you can, however you can, because there's people up there that are, you know in a lot of need, right? Now. So, like I said, dnvrlocker.com. All the proceeds uh, you can buy a T-shirt on there. The proceeds go to help the uh, Boulder County Wildfire Fund. They've raised over $50,000 at DNVR. That makes me damn proud to be associated with DNVR, even more so than I already am. Go to Buffs Helping Buffs. That, that's one way that you can help. Or come on down to 6-0 down uh, in Parker at 10470 South Progress Way off Parker Road. And we're going to be taking food, 
canned food and clothing donations. A bunch of the guys this morning in the 5 a.m. group came and dropped off a bunch of stuff. And we'll be shipping all that up there uh, this weekend to help as many people as we can. And even if it's just a little bit of help, uh, that's what we're looking to do here. So let's roll here on episode 139, McChesney Unchained. My man Bobby Pesavino joins us here on the show. Let's get straight into college football. Uh, and we'll talk about the bus first before we talk about the uh, the playoff and, and the national title game coming up and how good the New Year's Day bowl games were. Okay, the transfer portal is is I I like the transfer portal. I like the fact that the players have flexibility and they can leave whenever they want. I don't like the fact that they don't have agents. I don't like the fact that the parents and the families are the number one sources of of like influence and advice here because they're obviously going to side with the kid. I don't like the fact that kids are not toughing it out and having to like really earn spots anymore. I feel like so much of college football for me, at least, and so many other guys that I know that we know have played with was overcoming adversity and not letting the coach run you off. And it's now really easy to not get your way or say the coach fucked you or whatever. And then it, it turns into it turns into a finger pointing war. He said, she said, and you can just walk out and go to the transfer portal. If you're a bona fide stud and you're a starter and you want to put your name in the portal to leverage the school you're at to pay you more or go get more money somewhere else, brother, that's what football is. It's a business. Go get your money. But if you're just going in the transfer portal because the the you don't like the way someone said something to you or you think you should be starting and you're not, or you want to play a different position. Like so much of football is overcoming adversity. And I feel like it's just become the, the transfer portal is becoming a way for coaches to get rid of guys without developing them. Number one. And for players to just be like, well, it's not working here and I don't want to try and make it work. So I'm going to go find an easier route, which brother, listen to this number. In the last two months, 3,000 players have entered the transfer portal. Are there, on top of the recruits coming in, there's 3,000 jobs in Division One football? On top of the 7,500 that were already there to start? It's, dude, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen, man. Like, I don't have an, listen, I don't have an answer for it, but I agree with you that these kids should be able to enter the transfer portal, right? Because if a head coach can bail on them for more money or a better opportunity, then this these kids should 100%. have the same opportunity. But, I mean, it is so out of hand. Like, I don't know how you get a grasp around it, right? I don't know how you make it where it's just if I wake up and I'm not happy this morning, I'm just going to throw my name in this grill and see if anything else is interested in me, right? It's become like this awful, like, it's like a dating app, like this transfer portal. I mean, it's just, I don't feel good. Let me throw my name out there. Let me see if any coach calls me or is interested in me. And I mean, I just don't know. How, I don't know how you manage. Like if you're from the top down, right, if you're the coach, how do you manage your scholarships? Well, like, do you not sign as many high school kids because you want to wait to see if transfer kit. I mean, it is a, it is such a strange deal to me. It, it's not surprising to me that the NCAA and the fuck boys that they are. And I, I'll say it again. The NCAA and the fuck boys that they are. It's not surprising to me that they figure out a way to get NIL and the transfer portal at the same time with no plan. Shocking. <laughs> um, but look, when I'm talking about college football, I'm going to use my business as an example. And you've helped me coach at six zero for years. 
I make everybody invest for the year up front. You can't even get in. There's no prices online. I get shipped for constantly, but I'm not running 24 hour fitness. This isn't a fucking place to just come like lose weight after Christmas for a week. Like I'm not selling dollar memberships like fucking planet fitness. This is the, the, the $5,000 invested for the year and the ability to come every day and meet your recruiting and the $90,000 scholarship to Stanford that we've got two starting offensive linemen at Stanford. Those don't even equate. Yeah. Right. So, so I look at it like if I, if I was constantly having to recruit my own guys just to keep them there, how am I supposed to develop a program or move forward or like do anything if I constantly have to massage the veterans nuts just to keep them happy enough to keep them at my university? I mean, just look at Colorado in the last three weeks. They've lost Christian Gonzalez, who's a pro, even if he's not drafted one day. They lost Jerry Rice's son, who's entered the transfer portal, who – underachieved but again who's throwing them the ball in the offensive system is terrible and then mark perry arguably their best defensive player over the second half of the season especially after Lambin left with the exception of carson wells so you're losing those three guys and on top of that and we don't break news on mcchesney and change or anything but there's going to be i'd say by next monday there will be at least five other guys that are prominent in boulder that are going to enter enter the transfer portal because they're looking at it as if I'm a starter and I'm not getting any NIL deals here and no one's paying me and no one's trying to help me here, I at least should put my name in the portal to see if another school will have some way to pay me and make sure I can monetize this and get something out of it. And if they have to drop down to another, I heard it, I heard that one of the players is considering going to the mountain West just because they'll pay him. And what does it really matter what conference you play in these days? If you're good, they'll uh-huh. find you. Trey McBride yeah. just won the, the Mackey. Right. So, yeah. so I, there's two ways of thinking here. There's the old school way of thinking where I'm like, I want you to stay and be loyal to your university, but that's dead. It doesn't happen. It's not yeah. happening. It's never going to happen again. So how, how, how are they going to do college football free agency without the funding to pay the players? And isn't this just going to open it up to just like mass corruption? I I think so. Because, I mean, I've said this ever since this NIL deal became a topic of conversation. The NCAA is opening up Pandora's box to a shit show of... With no plan. None, right? Like, it has become... Unbelievable. It has become professional football. Because now you can go somewhere and try to get paid. You can go to a school that will give you NIL dollars instead of just your standard scholarship or wherever you are. And right. And you're right. There is no loyalty, right? You, this is going to turn into like the, the Arizona Kentucky's of college basketball, right? Where guy comes in for a year, plays hard, goes to the NBA, but now you can come in to a college football program, play really well and go somewhere else and get money. And if you don't like it there, you can go somewhere else and get money. I mean, it's just a, it, I listen, I don't, I don't, I don't fault the players. Like, no, they got to do what they got to do. Yeah. Go, go take care of yourself. That's what this is about. But the NCAA opened this box and they need to figure out a way to control it. And I don't know how they're going to, because I mean, how you see the deal down in Texas where those guys raised like half a million dollars to give to the, like in in places where they give a shit, they can just go pay people. But in Boulder, like, Give me a fucking break. They, I'm sorry, but the administration doesn't give a shit. They don't care at all. 
And I don't think that there's enough donors. And I, look, I am, I am actively, and I've talked to you about this. I am actively trying to round up people to figure out how to go after like some very prominent businesses that are Boulder based that are Colorado, that have Colorado roots to put together benefit packages to get these kids recruited. Like if, if Oklahoma's quarterback, if Caleb Williams wants to enter the transfer portal and the university of Colorado that doesn't have a quarterback, no offense to Brendan Lewis, but doesn't, doesn't have a quarterback of that caliber. And we don't even have the, like the, the framework and the infrastructure to even offer him money. Like not everybody's playing on the same field again. No, not at all. Like it, it's, it's, it, that guy enters the portal. And the first thing he says is I want the best opportunity, but I'm also looking for the best opportunity to get paid. At least he's being damn honest. And that's the truth. Yeah. Now, now the players are like the coaches. So any coach that has the audacity to sit back and challenge a transfer portal, how fucking dare you? Exactly. How yeah. dare you? How yeah. dare you? And like my recruiting philosophy is now in my head. It's shifting. The next time a college coach walks into my office, which will be tomorrow morning to talk about recruits, I'm not going to sit there and just hand him resumes. I'm going to sit there and go, do you want this kid? It's going to cost you. It's going to cost your donors and it's going to cost you money to get him. Because if you don't pay me or him or however you want to do it, if you don't pay the system, I'm not going to send him to your school because that's what this is. Yeah. And if they're not going to regulate how the college kids get an agent, I'm not a sports agent. That's not my fucking job. But if you're not going to regulate it and it's the Wild West, I'm not going to take advantage of that. What do I look like, boo-boo the fucking fool? <laughs> so, I, man, I'm telling you, they I don't think that they understand. Just I, I feel like I have pretty good character and integrity. I don't know how you feel about that, but there's some people that don't like me very much. I don't like them either. At the same time, I feel like even the people that don't like me very much can't say that I'm a liar. So that said, I don't think that there's a lot of people out there in the business that I run that have a lot of character and fucking integrity, and they're going to totally fuck people over if they get the opportunity to. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, this is going to create more separation in college football because we all know what schools have the deepest pockets and the biggest donors and are going to be able to write checks to attract more and more of these athletes. And we also know – So, brother, even if we get good players at CU – and they have a good year and show promise, they can just leave and go get paid by somebody else. Yeah, they're gone. So how how are you supposed to ever build anything? Well, that, that's the, there's going to be no continuity. There's going to be no team. It's just going to be random guys coming in and out all the time. Like there's it's, it's like Major League Baseball. The, the 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 franchises with the deepest pockets can go sign the players, and everybody else is like we're the Oakland A's, which sucks because that's my team. But we're a feeder system for the for fucking USC. Kind of. Oh my god. I mean, look at me look so at the guys mad. Like, look at the guy, like Brad Johnson's kid started at LSU all year. He leaves to go to Texas AM. The kid at Caleb the Oklahoma kid, right? Like he had, a hell of a, he had a hell of a year. And now he's leaving. I mean, he wants like, to get paid. Like, I know, but I mean, just that's what well, think about doing. it. Like, they can still stay where they want. So the fact that these three gentlemen have put their name in the transfer right. portal and yeah, there's yeah. five more coming next week. If Colorado doesn't want to lose them, get off your ass and do your fucking job and pay them. That's what like, I said. What are we talking about? Why aren't the coaches up there like, how do we how do we get 
is it Crocs a Boulder company? How do we get Crocs? How do we get like a Boulder beer company? How do we get Pasta J? How do we get this guy? How do we get that guy? How do we put together a benefit package for these kids that takes the takes puts a hundred thousand dollars in their pocket immediately and makes them sign a contract saying they'll stay at CU for two years or some shit? That's the way this works. Yeah, I mean, I don't, dude, I don't know, man. Like, it's just, uh, it's become free agency. If you're good, I, I'm yeah. not a smart man, but I know football, bro. Okay, and this is not, this is not conducive towards building a program. No, I'll tell you that shit. Not at all. Uh-uh. So, so look, what is the answer? Like, how in the hell are they going to mediate and mandate this? There's no rules. There's, there's no college football players union. The players don't get paid. There's billions of dollars being thrown around. There's donors with deep pockets doing shady shit behind the scenes, guaranteed, because there's no rules anymore and everything can be packaged as NIL. I don't know how you do it. That's what I said. I don't have the answer, man. They, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, let's go! So what, who's, who's ever got the most money, that's where these guys are going to go. I mean, so we've got to find, we've got to find the richest Colorado donor out there. Whoever has the deepest pockets, that's a call to arms. Whoever has the deepest pockets, if you really care about Colorado football, get a hold of Bobby or I so we can – and I'm not kidding. So we can have this goddamn conversation and figure out a way. When Caleb Williams goes in the fucking transfer portal, the first phone call he gets is from Boulder saying, yo, we got 250 Gs lined up for you right now. Get to Boulder on a plane so we can sign you, son. Let's go. I mean, and if it costs more than that, that's what it fucking costs. It's the cost of doing business, goddammit. You can't just sit around and act like people just want to go to see you because it's fucking nice. It's driving me absolutely nuts. So, that's it. <clears throat> Bobby Pesadino joins us here in episode 139, McChesney Unchained. Sorry I got so fired up. Actually, I'm not at all. Um, the college football playoff. First of all, the New Year's Day games were outstanding. Outstanding from the Citrus Bowl to the Outback Bowl. The Fiesta Bowl was fantastic. The comeback in that game was awesome. Yeah. The, the the fucking Rose Bowl was a was a I loved it every minute yeah. of it. I mean, that was awesome. Just think about this: the kid in the Fiesta or the Rose Bowl had 374 yards receiving. I saw this. Yeah, <sighs> Brady Russell <laughs> led the Buffs this year with 308 yards receiving. Yeah. It's <sighs> it's a different different level of football being played. So all those exhibition games were awesome. Yep. I do not think that people should be – first of all, we need to stop with the word opt-out, and we need to start saying everybody's going to the NFL, and it'll stop all the madness. Just to stop saying opt-out and say he's going to the league, and it'll, it'll immediately cease because that's the way it's been forever. But two, the, it's, not, it's not a good thing when the New Year's Day exhibition games are better than the playoff games because, in my opinion, Oklahoma State should be playing for a national title. Yep. Baylor should be playing for a national title. Notre Dame should probably be playing for a national title. Ohio State damn sure should be playing for a fucking national title. They just had a bad day against Michigan. You play that game ten times, I bet you they win nine. Uh, yeah, I think Michigan State should have an opportunity to play for a national title. I mean, let's be real. Two losses should not just fucking automatically take you out of the running. The, the yeah. College football is the only sport where it doesn't matter how good you're playing at the end because it's one thing that may have happened at the beginning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yes, yeah, Cincinnati deserved to be there and they got mocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michigan deserved to be there and they got fucking mocked. So, why, how can we sit here and say that expansion dilutes it 
It makes it way better. Makes it, it way it better. It would be so much better if there were eight, 10, 12 teams. Yeah. You and then home home playoff games, and you're given the top two or the top four a bye, and it, it all turns out to be the same. The FCS can do it, but the big boys can't. <laughs> right. Now I don't think four is fair, right? Because and and this is this goes back to my thoughts. This right, if, if and it's maybe because I have nightmares about it still. But yeah, know, me too, bro. If you're uh, a power so five, <laughs> if you're a power five school, and you win your conference, if you are your conference champion in your power five school, I think you should be in the playoffs. One hundred percent. You you earned something. You deserve. And there's only reward. five of those spots, so it's yeah, not right. like there's 15 conferences. Exactly. You put those five in, and then you find the next three best, or whatever, however you want to go. You want to go eight. You want to go ten. Whatever. But you make great points about Ohio State, Oklahoma State, Baylor. Those schools deserve to have a chance in this playoff run, right? Because that's one of the coolest things about the National Football League. If you're playing, if you're hot at the right time, and you're a wild card team, and you sneak in, but you're playing hot at the right time you can run through the playoffs in the nfl well the, yeah. look at the look at the nine and seven giants beating the fucking yeah. undefeated patriots that's what i'm saying like and four is not enough because it's no. i mean great i i do agree my alabama and georgia are probably the two best teams in the country and they deserve yeah. to play in this game but yes other 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 schools other universities should have a chance in this playoff scenario well, the, look, look at what Baylor did to Ole Miss and how they just absolutely shut them down, hurt the starting quarterback, beat the shit. Yeah. Who's to say that for one night Baylor can't do that to Alabama and Georgia? And You're any right. any SEC head that's just going to be like, oh, that would never happen, bro. I mean, come on, uh, the football is the football has the most parity in the world. You got to line up and play. That's why Vegas makes so much goddamn money on football betting every week because everybody thinks what they know. Doing. Yeah. And yeah. it's just it's impossible to really handicap this kind of shit. So I, I think it will change. I, we, I've talked to Clad about this a ton. He's a huge advocate for 12 teams. I think that I don't understand the hesitancy because this is all about money, right? Yeah. So more games that encompass more big bowl games or home playoff games and more TV ratings and more, 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 doesn't that just buy more money and more football? I mean, it does from the seat I sit in. What the way I see it, um, so, well, I don't. Well, I, don't I don't know, know what the. Us back. I don't know, man. I wish I had an answer to that because there's plenty of bowl games where you could say, you know, this is the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, or whatever the hell they named that thing, and that's one of the playoff. That's the first round playoff game. Well, right? Like whatever. the Fiesta Bowl shouldn't have been a playoff game. Right, right. No, the, the yeah. Sugar Bowl shouldn't have been a playoff all game. Those should be, yeah, like, give me a fucking break. All those games should the Rose Bowl shouldn't have been a playoff game. I mean, come on. I don't Listen. care if Utah went 10 and three, they won the Pac 12. They deserve an opportunity to line up and say, we want a shot at that trophy too. And, and arguably at the arguably at the end of the year, they're one of the hottest teams in the country by Bro, far. They were crushing people. Yeah. Crushing. Yeah. And exactly. if they, you know, if they have if they have anybody in their secondary playing and they make one stop, they win the Rose Bowl. Absolutely. With Ohio State. But again, Ohio State's pretty fucking good too. Ohio State couldn't walk into the playoff and mop everybody with that offense. Of course they could. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to be changed. And who knows, dude? They're, right. Like you mentioned it, the NCAAs, it's corrupt, man. They're sitting in a room right now somewhere. And there's a reason why they don't go to 10 or 12 or whatever the number is. Because for whatever reason, Thor right now is generating them billions and billions of dollars. It's all good old boys, bro. It's like, well, we can't make this happen because then our bowl game will be destroyed and then my buddy doesn't get a check. 
Absolutely. So that one fucking guy's check is holding up everything else that could move this forward. All right. Lastly, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Okay. It's 2001. Okay. And we're about to play Texas for the big 12 title game after we just beat Nebraska. And we have a chance to go play for the national title if we win our game. And let's say Vic and Dre and you and JB. Okay, stand up in the locker room and go, we're not playing. We're going to strike. Could you have done it? No. So when I sit here and say to everybody, stop fucking playing. I told a room full of college football players today, this morning at 6-0, you guys should stop playing and strike. Why won't they? Is it because they're only there for five years? Because we love the game, man. We don't want to miss a game. Yeah, but if they don't strike they'll never get their piece of the pie. Do you love the game enough not to get paid? Especially now with NIL. Tell me that Tell me that if Georgia and Alabama went out the, the day of the national title game and didn't play, and they convinced Montana State and South Dakota State to do the same thing because those boys should be getting paid too. That's going to generate a ton of fucking money for those schools. Montana State just hosted a playoff game against South Dakota State where they had like 60,000 people in the stands. Kids don't get any of that fucking money. Yeah. So why, what is, they don't have a players union. They don't have any representatives. They don't have lawyers that are agents. They don't have any like adult supervision telling them what to do and not to do. Just think about how stupid rookies are on the NFL with their money and time. Yeah. College football players are not smart. I know this. We were college football players. We're grown men now. We can look back and be like, what the fuck were we doing? Right. Yeah. yeah. How do you convince all these kids to strike and get what they're, get what they deserve? Yeah. I mean, I think it goes back to the fact that when you're, 19 20 years old 21 years old you're not smart you're you're just out there and you're just young and dumb and you want to play <laughs> football and that's all you want to do you know what i mean but i don't think they will ever gain or get i think the ncaa will wouldn't allow representation because they know that it would what is nil there's guys signing with agencies right now being represented by agents well, I mean, and, in regards, I mean, in regards to like some sort of a union, union. that fight back and stand up for what they believe in. But how, how can they keep them from doing it? If if the no one, no offense to all the walk ons out there, and I'm glad you walked on and you made it. That's fucking awesome. No one's going to watch the walk ons, Doug, just like no one's going to watch the scabs. They'll make a fucking movie about it. And Keanu Reeves could go out there lefty and throw it around and shit in the replacements, but they ain't nobody watching. Yeah, I don't know, man. You know, uh, 20 years ago when none of this stuff existed, I would have never even thought about it. I I didn't think about it ever once. Now, I mean, yeah, these these kids deserve more than what they're getting. And I I wish it was more structured and it wasn't the way the NIL deal is. Where it's just everything's up in the air. Yeah, I wish it was more structured and controlled around what you get. Like, here's your, here's what a scholarship athlete gets on top of his or her scholarship. Let me ask you Uh, this question before we move on to the NFL. Do you think this is going to like, do you think this is going to entice coaches? And I can't believe I'm even fucking saying this. Do you think this is going to entice coaches that, places that are trying to rebuild to not go after the top players because they don't think that they can retain them at the school rather than get them. Cause now again, it goes back full circle to all recruiting all the time. If I all, if I always have to recruit you and convince you to stay there, why are you even here? 
Yeah, right. Well, like, I don't at, even... so, at some point, it's got to be bigger than just a fucking buck. Well, if it becomes that, then I don't even know how this these middle tier schools could ever recruit a top, you know, whatever. We can't keep them. I don't even think I, I don't even know how they get up. The, the minute you get the kid place. and he plays well, he's gone and he's being poached. And it's not even there's no tampering laws either. So you're looking at it like in the middle of the season when he's balling out of control. Who's to say that Caleb Williams, like after that comeback at Kansas, where he really like balled out? Yeah. That he didn't get a couple phone calls like, "Hey, when the season's over, you know, we've we've got we got a big sack of dough for you." Yeah, who knows, man? It's I'm sure it's happening. I mean, there's always been shit under the table in college football. No doubt now, about that. Now that it's legal, I bet I guarantee you the illegal side of it's even worse because I can get away with this, but now that I can show this little bit that I'm doing legally in NIA NIL. I can, now I can do all this other stuff behind it because they're not paying attention to that anymore. 100%. Yeah. So the bigger the lie, the more people will believe it. And this is about as big as a fucking con job as you're going to get. But you know what? At least the kids are getting paid and hey, you know, ho- hopefully, hopefully they can get something out of this and whatever comes of it, then I guess that's what it is. I uh, sure I'm glad I played when I played, bro, because it really meant something back in the day. I, to be uh, university. 100%. Uh-huh. I'm really, I'm really thankful that like we played in the big 12 and it wasn't just a big money grab. And like, yeah. I don't know how I would react up there right now. If 10 guys that I, well, I, I would know in 2004, when they ostracized Barnett for that bullshit with Katie Nida, which was never proven. And I'll say it was bullshit. I don't care if she doesn't like it. It was all bullshit. And you know, they, they kicked him out. We lost, I think we lost seven or eight guys to transfer that just left and it hurt. As a captain on that team, I was like, damn, man, we can't keep our team together. All of our guys are leaving. So I can only imagine how they feel up there trying to build something in Boulder. And then everybody's just looking at it and going, okay, well, this is better for me. And I'm out. But the, the players still want the universities to be, like, loyal to them in the recruiting process. And they want to get recruited and shit. Well, dog, this is a business now. No one gives a fuck about your feelings. This isn't about recruiting anymore. This is If you're, you're going to try and get a bag, they're going to try and get a bag. That's the way yeah. this works. Yeah. Oh, All right, moving on. Bobby Pesciano joins us here, episode 139, as we move into the National Football League. Um, what was your thoughts on Antonio Brown losing his fucking mind? Well, I mean, I think some of the comments from the guys, right, Brady and some of the other guys, there's obviously some mental health situation going on there for that guy to I- continually act the way he acts, right? And to do it the way he did it on the field in the middle of the game, like, I mean, what are you doing, bro? Like, you're playing a game. Here's here's my thoughts about all this stuff, right? He's one of the best that's ever played, right? Especially at his position. I mean, and oh. look, before Vontez Burfett killed him in Cincinnati yeah. on that crossing route, yeah. I, he was a first ballot, undoubted Hall of Famer. Yeah, so – I go back that there's got to be something upstairs that's not fully healthy because, right, you have a you have a window in life in that game where you can make a shitload of money, and then you have the rest of your life to figure out how to keep it and not spend it or make money doing something else. But don't blow up your chance to to maximize the amount of money you can make playing that game and storm off the field and take your pads off and take your jersey off in the middle of the game 
Like there's just, you know, and, and I think it was Brady that just said, you know, we hope hopefully like he can figure out what's going on. I can't remember his exact words, but it, it, it lent to like, there's something more. Have some compassion. He's going through some shit. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but shit, I mean, it blew my mind that he chose to do it during the middle of a game, but like, it's also like, you know, that's a, that's a me guy who thinks he's bigger than the rest of the team and bigger than the game. And that's how he chooses to go out. So whatever. I mean, the, the, the coolest thing about the whole story to me that day is the goat still brings his team back, throwing to guys nobody's ever heard of. With a bunch of dudes that are like that were selling fucking copiers last week. Yeah, all that did was just solidify more that Tom Brady's the best to ever play the position. So look, I uh, I look at Antonio Brown. And he he literally he quit on the Steelers in the middle of the year, if you remember correctly. Oh yeah, they traded him to the Raiders, and he came up with his frozen feet and the helmet thing. And Gruden's an asshole, and Gruden was an asshole, but so is he. Quit on them. Went to New England after Tommy Tommy Boy vouched for him. Now, this is twice Tommy Boy vouched for him. Yeah. And I don't think that it's real easy to get that vouch. No. Um, so I think he may have fucked that up. So he went to New England, and that didn't work. And he was gone in a week after having a great game at Miami. And then they get him to Tampa, and he fakes his vaccination card, which I can give a shit about, but still he does that. And then this. And I, the only thing I can come up with that kind of puts me on his on his side is the bonuses thing. Because that's true. Yeah. And that's ha- I've watched it happen to guys in the NFL. I-, I watched us like killing it. And this guy's balling. And all of a sudden he's benched. And it- we're winning. And we- he could be playing, but he's not because he's in- got incentives on his contract. And there's nothing that the player can do. They can't like go in the media and say they're going to get fucked because they want to get re-signed. This is essentially like and and. <laughs> Fucking how? What was that? It's not how high. It's uh, what was the Chappelle movie where he's a stoner? Oh, uh, I'm the fucking stoner here. I should know this more than you. <laughs> but again, I'm the stoner. I can't fucking remember. But the, you know, they the, the, fuck you, B. I'm right behind you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck <laughs> you. You're cool. Fuck you. I'm out. That's essentially what he did. Yeah. And if he had eight catches to get thir- 333 G's and one touchdown to get 333 G's, and he needed like a hundred yards in two games. And he shouldn't have been playing. He's trying to push through an ankle injury. And they told him whatever they told him on the sidelines to make him erupt like this. Yes, he's got some problems in his head with rationalizing anger and being able to control himself. (laughs) That's true. But if this is his, like, the NFL is full of a bunch of fucking hypocrites that want you to run into a wall. But then when it's your turn to get yours, they pull you out of the game. I wish that he would articulate that a little bit better and not storm off the fucking field and right. stay in the press conference afterwards. If you're done with them anyway, call them out. Don't put yourself in between a bullet and a target dummy. Yeah, right. Make, put yourself holding the fucking gun, idiot. I mean, come on. And then the worst part about it is, in my opinion, Bob, is the look afterwards. He's standing outside the fucking stadium with his goddamn clown shoes on, looking for an Uber X. And then he's in the car with this fucking douchebag that is like, I looked at his Instagram account. He's like professional driver for Odell. Dude, <laughs> shut the fuck up. You are an, you're an exaggerated cab driver. Congratulations. And like, he's sitting here talking about talking to him in the back. He's at the Nets game and shit. Like Antonio, bro, I'm sorry to say this, but there have been way better and more influential players than you that have straight disappeared. 
from the yeah. NFL. Nobody gets these kind of chances like he no. does. No. I, I just, I'm very disappointed in him. And I look, put yourself in Tom Brady's shoes. He just vouched for this dude. He was doing straight air. He won a Super Bowl with him last year. And I think personally, I know that everyone's talking about the mental. I'd be I'd be hard pressed to say that he's not on some kind of substance. Yeah. And like when he's talking about Ben Roethlisberger yesterday on Instagram or TikTok or whatever the fuck that was, his eyes are super glossed over. He's slurring his speech. I don't know if he's drinking too much. I, I, there's no way you can smoke that much and act like that. No one smokes and acts like that. I don't know if it's Molly. I don't know if it's painkillers. I don't know if it's a mixture. I don't know if he's doing blow. I'm just, I'm not going to speculate, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he ain't sober. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. Fuck. No, no. He's not firing all cylinders whatsoever. No, there's something wrong. So, yeah. Antonio Brown, that's fucking interesting. All right, so before we talk about the Denver Broncos, why we have to, I don't know, but we will. What are your thoughts on the uh, the playoffs right now? The NFL or the NFC? Uh, Green Bay gets the one seed. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> that's a bad fucking man. He's quarterback, so good, man. L.A. Rams are two. Tampa Bay gets the three. Dallas gets the four. As of right now, Arizona's the five. The Eagles lock down the six. And if San Francisco can figure out a way to win this weekend, they will be the seventh seed. If they lose, New Orleans could sneak in there. Uh, do you do you see any any upsets in that first round with the exclusion of Green Bay being out? You think those three road teams, Arizona, Philly, or San Francisco, go on the road and beat? Looking like right now would be San Francisco at L.A. division game, Eagles at Tampa Bay, Tom Hayes playing the the Eagles, and then Arizona goes back to Dallas. We just saw them beat them in Dallas. You know, uh, I don't see the Rams losing. I think they're the most talented team in the league. They're just a little – they're not consistent. But, you know, if they can – they're one of those teams where if they can – put it all together at the right time, they're going to be hard to beat minus having to go to, I mean, Green Bay being at home, I mean, Lambeau having home field advantage. I mean, that's going to be tough for anybody to go through the team that I like that I think is actually playing really good is the Eagles. Now, are they going to be able to dethrone Brady and knock him out of the playoffs if that's where it ends up? I mean, that's a tough challenge, but of those three road teams, that's the one I like the most. They can really hammer the rock, bro, and they play some yeah, good defense too. They do, man. That's the so. I mean, just to answer your question, that's the only one that I would lean towards. And I know that's a big statement because if it is against the Bucks and Brady, that's there's nothing easy about that. But I'm, be a hell impressed. Of a game. I'm impressed with that team, especially here down the stretch how they're playing. I just love the fact that Nick Sirianni looked at his personnel and said, "I wish the Broncos would do this," and said, "Uh." We could really fuck people up if we just ran the ball and control time of possession. He was like, okay, do it. And it's yeah. like 70 30 run to pass. Right. And it worked. And they're in the playoffs. The yeah. AFC, Tennessee looks like they're going to get the one seed, which is crazy <laughs> to me right now. <laughs> Kansas City's the two, Cincinnati's the three after that great game this weekend. Joe Burrow, that fucking dude quarterback. Holy yeah. shit, that kick and play. Buffalo's the four, New England's the five. The Colts, if they win this week at Jacksonville's the six. And then Sunday night, uh, the Chargers or the Raiders get in the winner of that game. So essentially, Tennessee is going to be the one. You're going to have a division game matchup between the Chargers, Raiders, and Chiefs. The Colts will be going to Cincinnati and another division round matchup with the Patriots and Buffalo playing again. You see any upsets there before we get into the Broncos? Uh, man, you know, the team I like, again, if I pick one, I'm a big fan of the Colts. I like I, I love them too. The way they run the ball, the way they play defense. You know, Carson Wentz, I mean, he's not back to his 
year as the Eagles, but he's playing well. He's managing the ball. He's not making mistakes. Um, but again, they run the ball. They play defense. I mean, in the NFL and the playoffs, if you can do that, you can you can hang around and you'll make it close and, and you can beat somebody. Um, that shit travels too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think, you know, not an upset, but just on that AFC side, right? If Kansas City, it just takes them to start clicking. And I don't know if anybody in the world can. Oh, it's over. Yeah. If they figure it out, yeah. it's done. Yeah. Um, and I, and look, I thought that they were going to blow the, the doors off Cincinnati this week. Right. Played them. Yeah. Cincinnati to come back in that game the way they did, 14-0, 21-7, come back and win. Tells me a lot about them. Look, it, it, and we'll go to the Broncos now because we're not going to spend a ton of time on this because I, I can't, I can't like process it anymore. It's too bad. I, I think the Broncos should consider going one and 15, one and 16, or two and 14, two and 15 to get a guy like Joe Burrow. I mean, good God, look at what this guy's done in Cincinnati in two years. And he tore his ACL last year in the middle of the fucking season. Yeah, right. yeah. He's yeah. got them rolling. Everybody's around him. The players love him. He's he's not decisive. He's just some dude in the locker room to them. But outside of it, he's Joe fucking Burrow. He threw for 500-some yards last week, and he threw for 434 last week against Kansas. That's a 1,000 fucking yards passing in two weeks. No, he's – I mean, he is tearing it up right now, and if Cincinnati can figure out a way to – slow people down in the playoffs, they could easily go on a run too. So going into the Broncos now quarterback, Bob Cusabano joining us. They're saying today that Patty Boy's getting fired and Tom McMahon, but they're still trying to figure out Vic Fangio, <laughs> which is starting to make me question the, the entire front office and what they're thinking about. If they bring this guy back, I'm done. I'm not fucking supporting it anymore. I'm not watching it anymore. I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, uh, how do you retain a guy who has the worst record over a four-year or three-year span in Broncos history from a coaching perspective? I don't know how you do it. I mean, this is my this would be my only answer, right? And this is me not knowing enough about the situation. But my, I think they need to figure out their ownership situation. That's right, true. Before they can clean this mess up, okay. So this would be this would be my only reason why you keep him for the last year of his contract is to hopefully by the end of next season you have the Broncos have their ownership situation figured out and then you can make a move and and rebuild after the ownership thing is because I I think that is a distraction. I mean, I know it's not always the top of mind or the topic of conversation, but you know, I mean, that's that's a weird deal, I think. And, and do you, do you I think, think coaches don't want to come to Denver maybe because of the ownership? I think it's possible. Um, I mean, listen, I, I think Vic Fangio is a great defensive coordinator. But how do you coach? How does it take you 35 years to get your first head coaching job? I mean, that's that's what's telling that you, tell you all you need to know. Immediately. That's, that's all I need to hear about it. Right. Especially in this day and age where they're hiring young coaches that are young, energetic, thinking outside the box, doing things different, and they're having success. Why three years ago do you go hire a guy that's never been a head coach in 30-some years? Like, if he was should have been a head coach, it would have surfaced 15 years ago or 20 well, who, who the fuck in their right mind these days are hiring defensive coaches to run their football teams? Well, nobody else. Well, let's look around the NFL right now. From Just the playoff teams. Green Bay, LaFleur is an offensive guy, 100%. McVay at the Rams. Yep. Bruce Arians at Tampa Bay, 100% offense. 
Mike McCarthy in Dallas, him and Kellen Moore, 100% offense. Arizona's got Kingsbury, our boy Cliff, 100 oh. Like, that's a 1,000% offense. He could yeah, go yeah, yeah. about the defense. He doesn't even, even right? know where the defensive meeting Yeah, he's like, well, we play so, defense here? <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles and Nick Sirianni, he's offense. Yep. San Francisco and New Orleans, Sean Payton and Mike and Shanahan, both offense. So what, maybe just Vrabel? So, so then we go to the AFC side, Tennessee, Vrabel. Vrabel. There's He's the more defensive, defensive guy. Yeah. There's one defensive guy out of eight. Kansas City, Andy Reid, offense. Cincinnati is our boy from Nebraska. What's his name? Oh, um, whatever. He's offense. Yeah. Zach Taylor. Yeah. Buffalo, defense. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. there's two. New England, Belichick. Is Belichick still just defense? I don't he's think so. been to 10 fucking Super Bowls. I mean, yeah. I, he, I think he's right in the middle. Although he is an unbelievable defensive brain, he's also – I can't say he doesn't know anything about offense because right. they scored 55 points the other day. Frank Wright, quarterback, offense. And then the Chargers coach is Staley is a defensive guy from the Rams last year. Or the, the Raiders, they don't really have a coach because – but they had Gruden. Well, so I'll just go with Gruden as offense. Yeah. So that's three – out of 14 playoff teams and Belichick is teetering on four. So 10 of the 14 playoff teams have off, have young offensive coaches. That's what but the league is. Andy Reid's old ass. Well, yeah. But, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the trend, right? That's what the league's going to. And I mean, you watch the, you watch the Broncos play. I mean, granted, they're not great at quarterback. They're not even average at quarterback, but I mean, it just shows like you got two pretty good running backs when they run the ball. I mean, they can they have some success. Right? They can really and, kick some people's asses. I agree. Yeah. And then the other thing that was really weird to me this year is they went out and signed and gave extensions to both those receivers and paid them a shitload of money. Like I get maybe paying one of them, um, but not both of them. Even uh, with, and, and on the back of a first round draft pick, too. Yeah. I just I don't what understand. That move. Yeah, I don't understand that move at all. Uh, Unless it's to entice a future quarterback to come here, which okay, that's awesome. You've got lot, you've got good receivers that are on you know contract. But let's say that let's say Aaron Rodgers is in play, okay, which I think he stays in Green Bay. I think all oh, this is bullshit. I don't know why you would leave the number one seed two years in a row to come to fucking this hellhole right now. That's I mean, come on, let's be fucking real. Everybody uh-huh. shelf their Broncos orange and blue for a second and look at it from his perspective. The only way he can get paid as much as he can is to leverage this shit, and that's what he's doing. Devontae Adams is an unrestricted free agent. So, what, you're going to have Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and Devontae Adams? No. 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 Somebody's getting fucking moved. You can't have $100 million in salary in the goddamn wide receiver room. That's a recipe for absolute disaster, Detroit Lions. So, I, I just – I I need the Broncos to grow up and get into the 21st century when it comes to football, bro. And stop trying to recycle quarterbacks that can't play. If you want to recycle quarterbacks that can fucking play and you want to go get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson, which, look, I understand Deshaun Watson has a bunch of legal shit going against him, civil. Um, I, I don't care. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. It doesn't mean anything to me. I'm not trying to give the guy a massage or fuck him or any of that shit. Don't care. If he can come to Denver and ball, I'm with it. I don't care. If it offends some politically correct asshole that doesn't even like football, again, don't give a shit. So I, even if Davis Mills is on the table, do you go get him if they want to bring back Deshaun? Like, 
there's going to be a ton of movement with quarterbacks and head coaches. I just hope that they don't go out. Look, Dan Quinn is a great coach. No one's saying he's not. Yeah. But why? What? What's the point in hiring Dan Quinn and then going to get – like, I have a feeling that's what they're going to do. They're, Peyton, Patton is going to go – whatever his name is, is going to go, well, I don't know. These young offensive coaches have never been first-time. Heck, I'm going to go get a defensive guy. We've got to play good defense. We're going to hire Dan Quinn. And then Kirk Cousins was pretty good in Minnesota, so we could probably bring him to Denver, and he could just manage everything. And we're going to be the fucking Vikings before you know it, dog. We're already going there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I like – I agree with you. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going anywhere. That ship has sailed. Um, yep. But I, I think there might be some validity to, you know, Russell Wilson um, and opportunity there. I think he would look at this roster and say – you know, pretty solid on defense, pretty good offensively minus at the quarterback position with some young guys where he could come in and make a difference. Um, the answer is definitely not in the draft. Um, not this, not coming, this year. This coming year. Um, so I don't know. You, you got to go make – you don't – you can't go do another Teddy Bridgewater type of guy, right? Well, it's got to be Russell Wilson or it's got to be you, you suck it up for another year. Is the answer in next year's draft with C.J. Stroud and, and Young coming out? Because both of them are eligible for the NFL after next season, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, though, yeah, they got to go. Yeah, they got one more year. Play. One more year. So, okay, let me ask you this. And I'll ask everybody, Unchained Nation, everybody DNVR, please give me your opinion. Is it worth it to keep Fangio and gut the roster and go fucking 2-15 and 15 and get the first pick? I, don't, I mean, I hate that deal. But Why? I don't know. Because that's look, not look, how... look at the places that have gotten high draft picks in the draft with their quarterbacks and tell me it hasn't worked out for the majority of them in the last 10 years. No, I mean, I, I, I don't know. That's just not how I'm wired, I guess. You, you can't. I, I Look, I'm used to watching the Broncos lose. So, <laughs> and let's be real, bro. Four of their fucking victories this year are against Jacksonville, the Jets, the Giants. The Washington football team, when they're about to get a name, that's awesome. They're not very good. Okay, the only quality team that they've even fucking scratched the surface and beating is is Dallas. Yeah. And we don't know how good they really are. Right. So, I mean, when we're looking at this retrospectively, you take away – and Detroit, they beat Detroit too. You take away those five victories, and they haven't beat shit. They're no, terrible. Right. Yeah. So, like, we're, we're stewing at the bottom of the mediocrity pool, and we're just right above the – laughable pool and everybody else is looking at the Broncos and going man their roster looks pretty good because fucking PFF said it did and I'm looking at it like these guys they don't look inspired they aren't playing hard they're getting their ass kicked in the trench left and right it, it we'll put it like this last week when Drew Locke played well against the Raiders really he played well they had 40 40 total offensive snaps in the game 40 you know how high I would grade out if all we had was 40 goddamn plays a game <laughs> and the other teams running 65 to 80? If all I have to do is grade out well for a half, I could probably do that. That's what a half is, 40 plays. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if you have 40 plays in a game and then everybody hypes that up, they're like, look how well he played. He didn't play well. They scored 13 points and lost to the Raiders on the road for 40 fucking plays in an entire game. An entire game. Well, I mean, you might get your wish if Fangio comes back and it's Locke and Bridgewater under center again. They maybe 
playing right into the early I mean, round. If, pick that, if that is the, if that is what they're going to do, I want them and need them to lose every fucking game. <laughs> I want them to be the absolute worst team in the NFL. So next year they can draft either young or CJ Stroud, who both look like they can fucking ball. Oh yeah. And then move on and build around this kid for the next 10, 12, 15 years. Because honestly, this like pipe dream of trying to get one of these good quarterbacks to come here. I'm not leaving green Bay if I'm Aaron Rodgers. And honestly, I, Pittsburgh looks like a better fit and Philly looks like they might be a better fit. And they've got three first rounders. And yeah, like, this is kind of my point that I don't think that we're the most attractive chick at the dance. We just have the biggest ego. Yeah. I think you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would throw, I mean, I don't think in my opinion, I don't think Baker Mayfield is a quarterback in Cleveland next year either. He can't be like if Baker fit make if put Aaron Rodgers now that's a roster that's loaded. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a loaded point. roster. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so that, it just makes me even more cynical about the Denver Broncos. Getting, they're just getting uglier. That's all. God damn, dog. It's <laughs> the way it works. Every day, nobody getting better looking around here but you. <laughs> all right, that is episode one thirty nine. McChesney Unchained. Big thanks to my man Bobby Pesimento for coming on the show. Make sure everybody check out Armchair Donkeys, a great betting show that him and Bo Williams do. Uh, I'm your host, Matt McChesney. Again, if you want to donate to the fire, okay, you want to donate to the fire relief. It is. Let me get there. Hold on. Hold on. Get there. DenverLocker.com. Okay. All the proceeds go to the Boulder County uh, Wildfire Fund. They've raised about 50 Gs down at DNVR. It's awesome. Go to Bus Helping Bucks. You can donate there as well. Or you can come down and drop off some clothing or food at 6 We'll be, you know, compiling it all week, and then we'll drive it up to Boulder at the end of the week. I am your host, Matt McChesney. Big thanks to Adam for all he does. Bobby, thank you very much, sir. Uh, and uh, episode 140 next week will be full of surprises, no doubt. And uh, go Buffs. <laughs>